Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Been awake for eight minutes. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Feeling eight. super awake right Feeling now. Feeling super awake, awake, awake. Chicka, chicka, Thinking my thoughts and they're coming so fast. So fast, so uh, fast. Uh, yeah. Wishing well, kiss and tell. There's a better day to do this or a better time. Oh, this is the, the time and place. Yeah. That's the thing. There this, this kicks a off better... my week, you know? Yeah, me too. This is the this is the jam. I'm in the chair. This is my, my public step into the public sphere every week. Uh-huh. Every morning you wake up and you say, good morning, week. Good morning. You walk morning. out on the steps. I got pants. Mm. I'm wearing pants. I got some coffee. I got some I got pepperoni. No got no pants. I got no pepperoni, but I do have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no pepperoni required. No pepperoni required. My favorite Phil Collins record. Studio. Oh man. Wait, think should we stick with it? <laughs> Only way out you is mean, through. Uh, stick, stick with it. Like what, you mean America? Yeah. You think I'm, so? I'm, I think so. Oh, the disc. This discourse has gotten very unkind. Double down. <laughs> Double down. Double down. <laughs> Um, I'm so into you. Did you watch any videos I sent you? Yes. You have any thoughts on any of them? Uh, sent you the uh, that Made in Heaven song with the the guys playing rock music. Um, what else did I recommend? I got to go back to our super secret private channel here. See what I said. You know. Your uh, your taste has always influenced me quite a bit, I have to say. No, you? Yeah, sure. Huh, huh. Sure, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I like a guy, guy razz you. I give you sure. the, I give you the business give about Give me a little bit things. of stick, yeah. I do, a little I got that bit. Coming. The, I got that coming. The power pop and ah, stuff. Too much. <laughs> but, but you, uh, you know, you've you're, you got eclectic taste. You, touch, touch two guitar licks. You've taught me a couple of guitar licks. I still play to this day. That's that's pretty much those two licks are pretty much all I play on a guitar. Mm-hmm. You know I did. I bought a guitar. Just recently? I ordered it. It arrives tomorrow. Duh, the hell you say. Yeah, I've been sitting on it. My acoustic guitar was purchased in 1988 for uh, $200 American. Used I know it well. I know that yeah. guitar. It's seen some. Uh, it's seen some uh, some things. Yeah. And um, the last the... the last actual uh, grown man guitar I bought was probably 1997. Um, I bought an Epiphone, and then I have that guitar. I hate saying guitar lately. It's so ugly. I have a guitar, uh, a uke size six string guitar that I like a lot. Oh, those are cute. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Oh man, that'll be the best two hundred bucks you ever spent. Just have it around. Just have it around. It's just it's just sitting there. You can just pick it up anytime. Anybody can pick up the guitar, and it's it's not as looming in the room as a as a full man sized uh, acoustic guitar. If you can draw this turtle, you mm-hmm. can be a professional turtle drawer. Hi, I'm Norman Rockwell. <laughs> We're always looking for new rockers and folkers. <laughs> so I ordered it. I I because I've been sitting. I've been hovering over. Two guitars that were way, way, way out of my price range. Yeah. And uh, I had, I would just, I mean, I, 
I don't like to use this phrase because I think it's an ugly phrase, but I could not afford the guitars that I was thinking about. So I bought a different one. But uh -huh. I was looking at that. I think it's called a J45. Oh, because I realized that a lot of people I like play that guitar and I like that sound, but no way am I going to spend that much money on a guitar. No, they're not, they're not inexpensive. It's, uh, it's true. Yeah. I mean, if I was, you know, uh, Evan Dando, sure. I, I, I love his sound and he plays that guitar. If you're an Evan Dando, you can do that. Or then I thought, oh, you know, the other one that's really nice is that J200. Oh, doctor. That's nice even, one. that's even more costly. It's a nice one. So I got one made by, uh, I ordered one by a company called uh, Seagull. Yes. Now, don't are you going to make me feel bad that I got this? Did I buy a dumb guitar? Uh, no. It sounds well, no. it sounds like it's going to be good, and I'm pretty pumped. And one, So one thing I'm doing, I'll save it for another show, but I have a series of projects that I'm working on over the summer, and one of my summer projects is to play guitar a lot more. I support that 100%. I really like it. It's, I really genuinely enjoy it. And it's a nice thing that I can do with no purpose for public consumption. A lot of what I want to do is, is do fewer things for public consumption. Huh? <laughs> Just uh, do things for me always. and mine. Yeah. That's one <laughs> of them. Play Frisbee with my daughter more. Like there's stuff like that that I want to do, uh, do more of. You know, the thing about your guitar and I, and I, I, I I'm never somebody to say a bad word about someone else's guitar. You know, it's, it's you can like talk about that. the action. It's like that time when my my uh, my my cousin came in here and said your piano sounds sick. Oh, oh, I wow! Like, I was like, take your story and hit the hit the bricks. Well, I mean, that's 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 like making fun of something on somebody's face. It's hey, like, what am I going to do about a piano? It's here in my house. I'll <laughs> oh, just go pick up another one. Sick. I'll Amazon Prime another piano. That's my sound. Yeah, sounds um, sick. Uh, she's just. You know. Yeah, I got I, it's my family is all full of ass. John, I think she didn't think before she spoke in that instance. Mm, that's not uncommon yeah. in my people. Mm. Uh, but you know what? 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 Uh, what I have found about your guitar is that um, you you have to um, you have to expend a little bit more effort playing your guitar currently. Mm -hmm. Your current guitar, the, the last Yamaha, time the I Yamaha. played it, the Yamaha. Yeah. Uh, and if you had a guitar that was a little that that uh, that kind of uh, worked with you a little bit more, yes, danced with you a little bit more, mm. you would uh, you would you would enjoy playing. I think you're more. right. Something that'll play with me in the space. Now, see, yeah. I got that when I was in in college, and uh, I, I was very happy to spend two hundred dollars on. I don't know how old that guitar was when I got it, but it's worked fine. And the thing is, when I was, you know, playing in front of people by myself with an acoustic guitar, it worked out great because everything right. below the fifth fret, which is mostly what I was playing, was fine. I was playing a lot of open chords and jingly jangly up the neck, you know, kind of things. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a jingly jangly up the neck kind of thing where you're doing like a, a basic C, C-ish, yeah, C-ish or an F-ish thing where you're letting Run a lot of strings ring. Yeah. Worked fine, but you're right. I was not going to be doing any Brian May on the 11th fret. It gets, well, I mean, you could drive a Tesla under those strings around the uh, 12th fret. Here's the tricky thing about an acoustic guitar is yeah. that if the neck is a little bit bowed so that it's hard to play up the neck a little bit, yeah. it actually sounds pretty good when you play your root chords because it, you've got like a lot of, uh, well, it gives it a lot of jingle jangle. Your yeah. strings are you're just it's singing got a little out. Bit of, a little bit of flop. Yeah, they're not they're not rattling against the the frets. They're just out there, just just ringing in the wind. And, and it makes you strong like bull. 
My Mac's strong like bull. Yeah. But the thing about a seagull is it's like, you know, you know who's good at making guitars these days? Who? Canadian Hoovians. Are you even kidding me? No, Canadians are, uh, they have, there's several brands now of great acoustic guitars made in Canada. Ooh, things, the times yep. they are changing. Yeah, they are. So, it, you know, back in the old days, you would have gone, Canada? Canada? New what York the City. hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it made of maple syrup? <laughs> har, har, har. har. <laughs> <laughs> nice thing is, if you hit the wrong note, it apologizes for you. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Uh, but but no, now uh, now that's like uh, it's one of the things that can, you know Canada also makes good men's suits. What is happening? If you if you pick up a men's suit and you look inside and it says "Made in Canada," your you're first right. Seagull instinct, is a Canadian company. I did yeah, not yeah. even see this. They are Canadian. It's this guy named I think his name's Godin. Mm -hmm. who had made guitars, I guess, starting back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then they did, like, pretty... And they, he, there were Godin guitars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Keep going. You were you were in the middle no, of the No, I mean, I read a little bit about it. I watched some... I, you know, whenever I want to find something out increasingly, I, I try to read some things, and then I try to look at some YouTube. The nice thing about YouTube, such as it is, you still, you still see sales jobs on YouTube, but you also oh. get a little bit of, like, you know... A little bit of real stuff in there. When you're oh. just reading, the first two pages of Google are all sales jobs. Uh. And so I went and I read around. I looked around and I thought about what my budget for this was. And it seemed like it was in the wheelhouse. The headstock is a little bit. In another time, we would have said this headstock looks fruity. But supposedly pointy. it's pointy and it makes it look pinheaded. Yeah. You get a Gibson headstock and it's, it's, it's got a, uh, like a, a hypercephalic head. You get a nice big head on it. Fat head. Yeah, this one's a little more on tapered. But supposedly that helps it uh, stay in tune better, they say. Is that right? Well, because you think about it, usually you get the keys going outward like a like a like a fat parallelogram. But this uh, one, it's I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the it strings just out. go straight into the to the tuner. No but it's kind of what I want, which is one problem I've had with the guitar ukulele is I like playing those little licks, and that's real hard to do with man fingers on those little tightly. Uh, group strings, and I, I like the fact that this has a slightly wider uh, neck. Yeah. So I'll be able to like do a big ringy. You know, you know me. I love a G. Chicka ching. I love the one you taught me. I love the C with the added G, which is maybe next to the G is probably the great chord. Uh huh. Um, That's one you can really go chicka ching. Oh, on. you do that, and it sounds so good. You do that on uh, you do it on a bunch of songs, and it really works. You mm -hmm. could, it's, you know, it's like trying to figure out a recipe, you know, that's, that's the cumin on, on your chords or something. You know, it's hard Jonathan, to detect. Jonathan Colton, when he makes his G chord, he mutes the A string. Hmm. He doesn't, he does not play the A, you know, cause in an A, mm -hmm. uh, in a G chord, you fret a B note a on the A string. A B right? natural. Yeah. Yeah. But he thinks the B is a cuck. He does. He thinks oh. it's just, ah, oh, it all does clog it up. Mm -hmm. And so his G chord, he leaves that, he leaves that B out of it. Does he, does, he add a, does he add a D on the B string? Because that's well, kind of so, a baller move. So what he says is without using up his, his, uh, his first finger making that B on his G chord, it frees it up to do all of his freaking Dan Fogelberg hippie ass chords. Oh, yeah, he loves that So shit. he's all... Stribbity strams, stribbity strams, 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 strim. And he's putting all these other like G diminished seven minor nine augmented four mm -hmm. uh, G G things. And he slips it right in on a nice simple little G chord. 
And you're like, why bother? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing all that? Let the bass player do those notes. Uh, but nope, he's got to have them. He's got to put them all in there. But it's it's a it's a source of a lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. I started a thread among the musicians uh, about a year ago, a text thread among. Oh, you, all you the, were calling him out. Well, no, it was like, uh, who, wh- how do you make your G? Let's let's hear it. Mm-hmm. Everybody make your G chord. And it turned out my G, my old cowboy G, was in the minority. People you mean three, had, three fingers. Three fingers on the fretboard, classic G. Classic G. Okay. G, B, G with the open oh, strings. Oh, but you're you're hanging out with the Steely Dan, Steely Dan Fogelberg crowd. Yes, <laughs> Steely Dan Fogelbergs. And so they're all like, oh, here's how I make my G. And a lot of it was, you know, like how what your fingering is and so forth. But but uh, but yeah, no, no cowboy G's are very few. Everybody's throwing in a little 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 extra ring finger here or there. Is that right? Ugh, super frustrating. To yeah. Me. I, 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 I can see it. I can see it. You're playing by yourself. Have we talked about guitar, guitar chords much? Uh, I can't think of you and I uh, having talked about guitar chords very much. Hmm. You got a favorite? Uh, well, shush, I'm frustrated by, um, by the infinite amount of learning I still have to do on the guitar. With that said. Um, and I, and I invented a couple of shapes that I could move around. I didn't invent them. Other people Mm. play them, but I don't hear them played by other people very often. Mm -hmm. I don't see them played by other people. And part of it was that listening to other indie rockers of my era. Hang on just a second. Yeah. John's stepping away for a minute. Oh, I bet he's going to get a guitar. Oh, boy. This is going to be good. Oh, it sounds like John's got a guitar. Okay, here's the... All right. Yes, yes, yes. So listening to the other indie rockers, they were doing all these chords where looking at the looking at the shape they were playing, I couldn't figure out, like, how in the hell... You know, there were, there were these chords that kind of were up the neck, and they had a sort of... Some of some of this stuff that like stuff that I couldn't like mm-hmm. it, it didn't it sounded better than that, but that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And so I started messing around and I came up with That's some very John Roderick stuff right there. That's right. right that those, is right in your wheelhouse. Those are chords that I didn't I didn't know. Those were the first chords that no one taught me. Right. You, you the chords you discovered. That's right. And so like the so the song Stupid is made up completely out of those chords. The um You know, all those chords. That the um the song that is our theme music. Mm-hmm. That always struck me as like an open, like a, and it's always sounds in my head like a mayor of simpleton. Like you're playing a C figure at the third fret and doing like, like a D D C D D C. That's what it always sounds like in my head. That's the, the C chord moved around, right? The, yeah, so like Mare of Simpleton is like you play a C open. Dun dun dun. 
Yeah, and then, oh, you, sli- no, and then you slide up. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go up to the, you know, you go up to the seven fret, nine, and that, that, that guy keeps ringing. But this, the, this chord, the, um, Is that a it's, D boy? Uh, is that a D? What is that? No, so it's um, so it's a it's kind of a G form. It's like the um, your middle finger is on the the G on the E string, uh-huh. and then you kind of mute the A string, and then on the D string, you you have your finger on the second fret, almost like uh, an E. So it's, so it's on it's on the E there. Uh huh. And then your pinky is way out oh. up on the fifth fret Oof. of the G string. Pinky's so, keeping you honest. I like that. So you got, and you're kind you're, of the, you're muting the A, so it's not a seven. Yes, yeah, so or the fat of your finger is kind of muting the A. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you've got basically an octave. Uh, of the well, no, but it's not. It's like a. It would be an octave of the A. Oh wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So that is a B. Yeah. So that. So it's an octave of the B. So it's kind of an E. Yeah. Right. But then you can move it. Mm. And then if you move the pinky down one fret, you get like a suspended. And so when I when I discovered that, I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to do this all the time. Right. That's all I that's all I cared about. And then I figured out a way to get the Yeah, I kind of I went down the pinky went down one and the and the E string went up one. Mm-hmm. And then I had that chord. And that was something that none of my indie rock contemporaries had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They all had their own chords that they had invented. And those are kinds of, those are ways of playing. It sounds cool and interesting when you're by yourself, but it would be really interesting in a band, like against what everybody else was doing. Yeah. Like because now, now the bass could do all kinds of wackadoo stuff. Well, yeah. Cause it's not a, it's not a new chord. It's a, it's just a new inversion. Right. 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 But the inversions, uh, they suggest different combinations because unlike unlike a, a musically trained or knowledgeable person, <laughs> like I have no idea what those chords are or why they go together. And so even you were like, oh, that's a inversion or, or no. Well, it like you were saying, like, I don't know. It's you know, all the same thing. It's all the finish. same thing. But but somebody that like I, I've sat and taught some of those songs to people that are that are musically knowledgeable. Oh, you show that to a Paul or a Storm. They're going to tell you what you're playing probably. Well, that, that I mean, um, yeah, uh, 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 they would be able to explain kind of why 
certain chords had a relationship with one another. That's yes. the that's the part that that befuddles me. Um, is, it's like you feel like a rube because you just like the way it feels and consequently the way it sounds. Hmm. Have you ever watched Donald Fagan sit at the piano? There are some videos on YouTube that are that are absolutely worth watching. Mm-hmm. I love watching at, him play piano. He sits at the piano, but he's describing what he's doing, mm-hmm. and he's like, "So, you know, so anyway, man, you know, here we." We were trying to, I just thought like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we, if we just like inverted the, the, the tonality and, you know, and he's like sitting in and, uh, and he's showing you on the piano and the interviewer, I guess, is knowledgeable enough about music that they are having a, they're having a little laugh together. Mm-hmm. They're like, ha wouldn't that be crazy if you just, <laughs> if you just like flip that around, but then we did it and, you know, but, but he's not even, he's not even saying like I did something and I was amazed by the result because he knew what the result would be already. Mm-hmm. He's just like thwarting expectation or whatever by going against what music suggested. The conventional way of playing and something you're, like that. And I'm like, wow, I hope that I'm doing that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, woo! I think what, what, what I, what people find difficult about my songs is uh, the, where the, um, where the accents are. Oh, that's for sure true. I, but, this um, is like when you, you play stuff, and I, I couldn't even count a lot of stuff that you're doing. It's not complicated, but it's definitely unconventional. Yeah, Sometimes it's a little complicated, but yeah, it's very unconventional. And that uh, that is completely native to me. Like that isn't something I try to do. I put the beat, I put the accents where I think that they belong, where it feel, they feel right. And I'm always surprised when that is the part that's hard for people to figure out what I've always wanted to be is like chord chord George mm-hmm. and just throwing down all these, these tapestries of chords. I can, I'm not comfortable telling you how many hours a week I spend watching music and music theory videos where people are explaining stuff that I don't really understand, but I, I really, really enjoy it. And like, like I say, there's this one guy like Adam Neely um, who mainly does bass, but he talks a lot about theory and he did this whole, I think I told you, he did this whole eight minutes of one of his videos is explaining this one chord change in Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder and how uh-huh. unconventional this one, um, I forget what it was, not an F major seven, but some chord that he chose, how strange it was. And he plays all the different things you could have chosen to play that would have fit theoretically better there. And they yeah. all sound so cliched. It's the, you can feel it all over that, yeah. that chord that he hits you don't realize how weird that chord is and he explains it in relationship to all the other things and everything else he plays sounds like a uh, like a mel bay first day of ukulele kind of chord like it uh, it's so much more interesting what he chose instead i could watch that stuff all day long i i need to start watching that stuff more it's really it's really it's really exciting i mean because the music nerds now also they have all these these apps where they can like like things like Ableton or what is the thing they use for composing that everybody uses. But like it's so amazing because they can illustrate things very quickly and then you can hear it and see it. And it's it's uh it's really nerdy, but I love it. I don't claim <laughs> to understand it, but it's like I don't know, it's like watching a raccoon get into a bird feeder. Like I understand how he did it, but I'll watch it all day. Oh my god. Are there videos of raccoons getting into bird feeders? <laughs> oh, shit dog. <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by RX Bar. You can learn more about RxBar right now by visiting rxbar.com slash R-O-T-L. 
RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. That means their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. And they label those core ingredients right on the front of the package. You get egg whites, dates, and nuts. And then all the stuff that makes up the texture and taste is right on the back. You get stuff like 100% real unsweetened chocolate, coconut, yum-zalicious. Beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX bars actually taste delicious. They found creating a bar made from real whole food ingredients actually tastes better than anything out there. They don't need the fillers, the additives, the chemicals, or the added sugar. RX bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. And uh, as of now, there are three new flavors. You can get mango pineapple, peanut butter and berries, and chocolate hazelnut. Also, RX bar recently introduced RX nut butter, which is a brand new product. It's made with the same core ingredients as RX bar protein bars. The new nut butters include a base of nuts, egg whites, and dates, giving you nine grams of clean protein. They're available in honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. They're great on pretzels, fruit, or straight out of the convenient pouch while you're on the go. So whether you like sweet or savory chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free with no added sugar. I'm a big fan of RX bars. I especially like the chocolate sea salt variety, which are really tasty. My tip is to keep a few RX bars in the places you tend to get hungry or where you're most likely to be tempted to sneak in a bonus starvation meal. Don't do it. Just go and grab you an RX bar. Deploy, deploy RX bars. Now, for 25% off your first order and free shipping, Please go and visit rxbar.com slash ROTL, and you're going to enter the promo code ROTL, just like it sounds, at checkout. For a limited time, every order will receive free samples, but do it quickly. That free sample offer ends on June 30th. Our thanks to RX Bar for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Saw oh one my. today. Saw oh, one I'm, today. Let me find I'm it for not, you. Do you enjoy I'm, that sort of thing? I'm not doing anything else today. Okay, hang on. Give me a second here. You know, the raccoons have been on my roof lately because the cherries are coming in. Oh, and uh, the other night, I'm laying in bed. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. And I basically hear uh, what sounds like like a couple of hockey players going at it right <laughs> above me on my roof. <laughs> Those boys are heavy. And I'm like, come on. You know, it's four in the morning. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, they're going to figure it out. And then, and then it keeps going. So I'm like, fuck this. So I go downstairs and I and I put on my bathrobe and I'm about to head out the door and I'm like, you know, I don't get a chance that often to also take a sword. Mm-hmm. And this is a great opportunity. It's, I mean, not, always, not, it's not always a, appropriate. Yeah. I mean, like back when we first started doing this program before I had a child, mm-hmm. or, you know, like I had spent a lot more time out in my yard with a sword. Mm-hmm. Lately, I'm just trying to get I'm just trying to get a good night's sleep. Anyway, I grab my sword out of my, or I grab a sword out of my sword uh, a basket, bastic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I went outside and I walk around the house, and there he is, he's sitting up on the house, and he does the thing. He's like, I just straight up in the center of the roof, but he does that raccoon thing where he's like, maybe he doesn't see me, kind of like hunkers down a little bit. I'm like, I see you, guy. One reason I knew where you were is because you're right over my bedroom mm-hmm. and you need to take it on the lamb. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're talking to me? And we're looking at each other, yeah. you know? So then he comes down the roof a little bit in a way that suggests uh, like tameness. He like inches down toward me like, are you talking to me? I'd like to come closer and hear what you're saying. And I'm like, you can hear me fine. 
go go home now. Like you got all the cherries you need. Get gone. And then and then he's like, I'm okay now. I'm going to scamper over the other side of the roof where he can't see me. And so he did that. And then I walked around the house and I came around the side and he's over there. And I was like, see how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. I go all the way around the house too. So you go over there. I'm going to just come over here. And he tried that a couple of times and I went around the front and I was like, here I am again. And eventually he made his way. He made his way onto the fence and da- down into the hovel. You're just kind of politely the- telling him tickets somewhere else. I was like, I, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of times if somebody pulls up out in front of my house and they've got a loud stereo in their car and they want to just park in front of my house for a while and look at their phone or, or yell at their significant other in the car, mm-hmm. I like to just kind of go out and stand there. Just be present. Just be present and mm-hmm. just kind of, and, and eventually, you know, I don't have to say like, turn your stereo down. Mm-hmm doesn't take long for them to just not want to be there anymore because it seems like they could go somewhere where there isn't someone staring at them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm kicking the can down the road. It's somebody else's problem now. Yeah. The, loud, the loud arguing people now are in front of someone else's home. But, uh, yeah, it's the same with the record. I mean, I don't take a sword out typically when someone's got parked in front of my house. That seems a little bit. That seems well, a little aggressive. They know you mean business. And I but, like the way they give you the side eye, though. Like they're mad at you because you're looking at them. Yeah. What are you looking at? Yeah, I'm just here in oh. a car yelling at my yelling at my partner. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Uh, it's really hard not to be brought out by your awesome music. Yeah. I'm just dancing inside. <laughs> inside, I'm dancing. <laughs> Outside, I'm just kind of standing here staring at you. I used to do that, and my daughter made me stop because it embarrassed her. <laughs> oh, really? Somebody, somebody came by juking and jiving, and I'd kind of give him finger guns and do a little dance. Mm. Your music is so cool. It's moving uh-huh. to dance. I love your music. Stop so that. full of swears. Dad, don't do that. Stop doing that. Stop it. So much shame. Uh, you Z- Did you just send me a raccoon in a, uh, <laughs> getting into a bird feeder? La, la, la. Yeah, click that. <laughs> Let me see here. Raccoon in a feeder, I know. Yeah, give that a look. How do they do it? Uh, they can't be stopped. Look at him. Look at him go. He's thinking. He's thinking too. Yeah, he's not just—he's not blindly trying things. They've got an anti-raccoon solution here. It's a bespoke anti-raccoon solution, and he says, "You know what? Who cares?" He's like, "Let me just get around this here. I want—I want to unhook that thing, and get me some seed." And he's—he <laughs> knows he's being watched. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I could watch it all day. Yeah. And now what is now what is he going to do? What's he going to do now? Oh. Mhm. Oh, oh, he's no, not he's, satisfied. He's using technology. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like and dismount. That's right. Perfect, <laughs> I got your fucking bird feet. <laughs> perfect dismount. Pwned. Oh my goodness. <sighs> That's good. That's good. Play, I play, what, you still got your guitar there? Yeah. Play that uh play a regular C. Is that a symbol? Yeah. Huh. Wait, you got a lot going on there. I do. I do. Uh, All right, what am I doing? Do do a, play a regular C, open C. Now add, add that low G. You add the low G on on the E string? Yeah. Now give it a Kong. Oh the king has arrived. That's it without the G. Yeah, when you're strumming, boy. Woo! 
I love, as I think I previously stipulated, so I, I, on an acoustic guitar, G is my favorite chord because it is the perfect acoustic guitar chord. Well, I should play for people the, the, the first lick you ever taught me. Okay. Oh, that's good. I got that from Big Star. I got that from The Replacements. I got that from Neil Young. Uh-huh. It's a good, it's a good little lick. I still can't play the beginning of Tell Me Why properly, but it's always the first thing I play on a guitar. Boom, 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 boom. Sailing hardships through broken hearts. And then uh, play the Rolling Stones one. Remember that one? Oh, uh... A slide D. Are you talking about the, uh... <laughs> Do you have a guitar? Shit, let me Play look. It. Hang, hang me. on, you work on I'll go get a second one. It's not this one. Is it that one? Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is my Rolling Stones lick. You know, uh, like Keith Richards <sighs> said, uh, Keith Richards said that he didn't want Start Me Up made into a, a Rolling Stones song because he thought it sounded too Rolling Stones. <laughs> I can't find a guitar, but it's oh. the uh, it's a little bit of the um, the rock soft one. lick. It's the rock. You hit an a, open A, then okay. fret the B and slide up to C sharp. What uh, to C sharp? And then that? the octave on the G, or not the octave, but the boom, boom, no, and hit an A, hit an A on the uh, G. Is that right? Hit an A, D, G. A, a on the G. Boom, boom, no. oh. Up one. That? Up one. No, it's, maybe it's not a G. Like I was like, shit, this is so hard to do without a guitar. Fuck, where's my guitar? Where's my busted ass guitar? That's it. Oh, is that it? That's it. Bom, bom, now. That's the one. Oh, that's a nice lick. Yeah. The sunshine bores the daylights out of me. Boy, this is a hell of a show. We're helping a lot of people today. Next week's going to be different, buddy. Woo! I I, uh, I just learned uh, I just learned uh, this thing, which I I don't know. All these things. Like I have a lot of friends that are really good guitar players, and I wish that they would just teach me how to play the guitar, but they never do. Mm -mm. They always laugh. I say, teach me to play the guitar, and they go, ha, 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 you know how to play the guitar. And I say, no, I'm serious. Like, like, tell me some tricks. Tell me some licks. Yeah. And, we used to uh, do that in high school. That's all we did. Yeah, my you, friend you Rick trade Garnett. Licks. Rick Garnett taught me. That's a good one. Which was, uh, that was, I think, one he stole from Eric Clapton. It's got a little bit of um, Ace Freely too. Yeah, probably. He's it's got that bow, now, down, 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 that kind of, yeah. Um, Ace Freely probably got it from Jimmy Page, who never could play it right because he's Jimmy Page. Yeah, I think there's a little <laughs> bit of back, backwards is, is, is in there. Mm -hmm. But the other day I came, I was doing this and I was like, what, what was it? Ooh, that's a pentatonic journey. And, um, and I started doing it over and over. And I was like, you know, the way that people get good at playing guitar is they do things over and over. You just got to do it over and over. Yeah, they don't That's just do it. That's how Edward did it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They don't just do it a couple of times and go, no. well, I got that master. Close enough. So I sit around and I've been doing that. Now, you Hoping go you practice that on your acoustic guitar. Next time you step over on, onto your electric guitar, woo, it's going to be like ringing a bell. Well, and what I'm hoping is that something will happen. Something will come along. 
an opportunity will come along where I will be required to do something like that, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, you're at a show. You're in a show. You're playing <laughs> yes. a rock show. Right. And then somebody points somebody at you points and goes at like, you. take a solo. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I'm ready. You'll have some prepared remarks. <laughs> I'm ready. Give that horse some line. So I'm getting a guitar, and uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll have it. I, I I don't know where I would get it like set up, so I'll probably just play it however it comes. But they say they say it is said that when you get a new acoustic guitar, you should go and have somebody set it up for you. Yeah. Now what does that entail? That's you're, you're messing. We're messing with the tailpiece a little bit. You're making sure it's the way you want intonation, rod, all that kind of stuff. I feel like a setup on an acoustic guitar like that, which is going to be a good. It's going to come from the factory in pretty good condition. And it comes with a, with a case. Uh, but but I think what, what you do is you go in and, uh, yeah, it's a little maybe a little bit of a truss rod adjustment. Oh, it depends. Oh, truss, yes. It might play great out of the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, you know, season to taste. They might want to dress the frets a little. I don't know if the frets <gasps> What's that are mean? dressed. What's that mean? Dress the frets. Well, uh, you know, the frets, the fret wire gets put in there. And if the, if, and I'm not sure if the neck is, if your neck is going to be bound or not. Mm. Let me look. Let me well, see. Now I'm getting uh, worried. Oh, no, 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 no. These are not things to worry about. Okay. Uh, it doesn't look typically like a seagull guitars have bound necks. And so what it means is the edges of the frets that stick out on the top and bottom of the neck, you know, where the, where your hand is going to go rubbing on down them, yeah. rub on down the line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they can be sh- they can be a little sharp if they're not. Oh, and you're uh, going to get your strings. Your strings are going to be sticking on there when you do your big bends. That, but also it'll just irritate. It won't feel nice on your on your fingers. I don't want that. It'll. it'll uh, it, it, they can. I mean, if they're really sharp, they can even cut you. Oh, I don't want that. Well, you know, I'll try riding raw for a while. See how it goes. Mm-hmm, I, I can't mm-hmm. I even have my eyes examined. I got to do more things. I got to make more appointments. I hate you making feel appointments. Like, uh, do you feel like your glasses aren't working anymore? Well, my glasses, <laughs> my glasses broke like two years ago, and I gorilla glued them back together. Uh-huh. But I still, I need to get. I even have a set of Warby Parkers, not a sponsor this week. I even have a, a pair set aside that I would like to get, but I need to. And now my wife is bugging me. You got to go get your eyes examined. So I, yeah. I got to do that. But then I got to make an appointment. I got to call Kaiser, and like nobody wants to call Kaiser. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know. Just, it's a I've whole been, thing. I've been trying to talk to uh, Anthem mm-hmm. lately. I finally got finally got through. Finally Is that got, right? Who'd you get? Who'd you talk to there? Uh, Laney. Oh, you got. Oh, you got Laney. I've been talking to Laney about it. You can always ask to speak with Arliss. You can always. You can always <laughs> escalate it. Laney. Uh, Laney has been super helpful. It's one of those things where I mean, for months I've been trying to find a single helpful person. Mm-hmm. And I've found some people that seemed helpful. Seemed like, like a man with a, with a lantern looking for uh, an honest man. You're just wandering right. around. Just like, can I get one helpful person? Yeah. And I, I've gotten a lot of people that have been willing to transfer me to somebody. Okay. I've uh, gotten a lot of people who have told me, ah, that's, we're not, you see, we're not the ones that handle that. The uh, other people are the ones that handle that. Oh, so they're being helpful by taking you somebody who could be more helpful. Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. Uh-huh. And uh, finally... And the thing is, Laney isn't in charge. Laney's just somebody was like, "Let me get you to Laney," 
somebody was passing the buck and they and finally this buck which had been passed all over this is one of these bucks that if you test it it's got cocaine on it it's got yes. it's been it's been in the at potty least, with people at least yes yes they passing and passing and passing this buck and it finally got to land and she was like let me see if i can figure this out and figured it out sometimes you just you like, get you get an angel you get a hero Laney, somebody who's on. there to help come on Laney. girl and Laney, Laney was game for it yeah, and Laney's and the thing about Laney is even though her email address is info, you know, help service at company dot com, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I keep in I keep emailing her at this email, and it's just like info uh, at company. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna get that. But she keeps replying to those. That's weird. It's incredible. It's incredibly weird. And it's not a small company. I'm replying to this like I'm replying to this just like what I mean what is let me what is the actual email it's it's your advocate mm. at company.com is that right your advocate it knows and something like, about there's an AI there's something in there that knows something about John yeah this is we're gonna help John yeah it's gonna we're gonna get this to Laney uh-huh and so you think it's always the same Laney I, you know, because I've been, I've been, because you know how I am. I'm my father's son. I, even over email, I like to be a little flirtatious. I like to say, Laney, can I just tell you, you're being very helpful here. I'd like to thank you for your help. Do do you, do you uh, find yourself espying the name of your person that you're giving money to at a register and then using their name? I do that. I say, thank you, Rachel. I say, thank you. uh, if someone is being, if somebody's being good, I do that. I do not. If somebody's being bad, I do not say like, uh, Edmund. Oh, no. But I just mean in the, in the go-to. The other day I said, thank you, Ms. Simmons, because that's what it said on her name tag. Uh-huh. 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 You I know, do. call people I, by I their do. name. It's a Dale Carnegie thing. I do do, I do, do that. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 uh, not every time, but, but um, I interrupted if I you. So you're, you're telling Lainey and Anthem that she did a good job. Yeah, and it feels like she's replying as a single person. Un, un, as a unified person rather than as a uh, uh, as a community of people. Oh wow. That's you know like nice. she's you feel taken she, care the, of. The last thing she wrote was hello John you are very welcome happy to help exclamation point. Oof. And that was exactly the reply to what I've uh, to what I wrote before. It was, it was exactly the right reply. It makes me feel like yes there's a laney there. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want this to be that Microsoft bot that um, that turned racist in 14 minutes because because oh right garbage in garbage out right yeah right mm-hmm. no they I had want to shut this it to off be, didn't they they had to shut they it off because it kept being racist <laughs> yeah they shut it down because it because it started to be a Holocaust denier mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the I'm just AI. Ask, I'm just asking the question <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, I don't know I'm just yeah. asking the question it just seems like that would be very difficult to do from a logistics standpoint yeah it's pretty it's pretty great. I mean, anybody can get a tattoo, John. Lots of people have tattoos. Oh my God. So many people have tattoos. Oh my God. So many people have tattoos. They'll be on the TV and they're, they're 20, they're 23 and they're just covered with tattoos. Yeah. 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 (sighs) I'm, I'm finding this as someone who, who, um, who, you know, uh, typically finds himself in in romantic entanglements with people in their early thirties. Yeah. It's increasingly difficult. Um, to not uh, have to uh, confront tattoos. Do you feel like of... you should remark on it? No, 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 no. This is, is one that of impolite? those things. 
Well, it is because it's a. This is their. It's their body. Oh, it's like saying again. Now we're back to the face and the piano. Mm-hmm. They say. Here's what they say. They say. They say that if you if you feel the need to uh, to um, compliment someone, first of all, think about whether it's really about you or about them. But if you're going to compliment someone, they say it is said that you should compliment them on something that they have control over. I think that's a that's a, think about that for a minute. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, like I like your I like, hair. I like the socks you chose. I like what you do with their hair. Yeah. I will I will often say uh, when I notice someone has changed their hair, I will say, "Oh, wow, I really like your hair like that." Uh-huh. Um I think when you encounter someone's tattoos, it is polite to ask about them. It is, you know, like I think my 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 strategy is to say like, "Wow, tell me about that tattoo." Yeah. Uh, and then they can tell the story, and you're, you'd be surprised how often the story is. Oh, I don't know. I just got that one huh. <laughs> one time. It's the kanji symbol for gullibility. Yeah, and it's like, all right, oh, right that's, on. It's really cool. <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> right. Right. You know what? That's a good response <laughs> to almost every tattoo. Oh, right on. Right on. Why'd you get the ninth one? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you about done? Mean, Do you have a sense? I mean, you have a sense of when you'll be done with this project? <laughs> Some, some, I mean, I think most people that have multiple tattoos have at least one that's really meaningful to them. Mm. You know, this is the one that, this is the. You think they're chasing the dragon? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy. I just want everybody to be happy, John. That's all I care about. I feel like it's a different relationship to like corporeal permanence. Oh, sing it, sister. You know, like I just always felt like my body was something not to mess around with. I mean, my organs have had enough damage as it is. I mean, yeah. this tapestry that I have, my largest organ, like the, the, this, I, I'm going to have enough trouble with this thing over the years. There's going to give me a lot of fucking miles on these tires. Tell the last thing what? I need is the cover of Into the Gap by the Thompson Twins on my back. Well, and, and you know, my thing is like, oh, what if I, re- what if I regret it? And if I got a tattoo, I would regret it instantly. Absolutely. Like, oh, no, that's not. That's why you got to get one that says no regrets. No regrets. Well, and maybe if I drew it on myself. Yes. Did I, did I ever tell you I was walking in? I was walking in New York City with my good friend uh, Kristen, who has been my, she's been my muse many times. I've written several songs about her. Um, she's also like my, for a long time, she was my best gal pal. Mm-hmm. She's also been like my absolute best gal enemy, my frenemy, my real enemy, your girl enemy. My girl enemy, she's been my roommate, she's been my collaborator, just a real, she's a real force, real powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And we were walking down the street in New York one time, and she was like, I want a tattoo. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? Like Like, like the way you would say, I want a quesadilla? Yeah. Oh, boy. And I was like, we're in our 30s. Yeah. Um, What do you mean you want a tattoo? You don't have any tattoos. And she was like, I'm ready. I want one. Mm. And I said, oh, this is exactly the kind of problem that you get us into. This is the kind of scrape you're always getting us into. <laughs> and then she, then we're walking along, and because she's made out of magic, she's like, oh, there's a tattoo parlor. And I'm like, this isn't even a neighborhood where there are tattoo parlors. How did you do that? And She, she marches manifested across, it. She did. She marches across the street without even looking back, and I'm running after her. And we get into the tattoo parlor, and there's a you know a person behind the counter, some, some scrungy scroungy little <laughs> little <laughs> some terrier dog that chases rats down holes except it's a human do you require a tattoo and she says give me a she says give me a, a, a piece of paper and a red pen and the oh, guy god, has one no oh god and then she and then she pushes it over to me and she says draw a star 
And I was like, all right. So I drew a star, and she was like, no, not like that. Draw, draw it more like some. She gave me some instructions. Like a star in like, the sky, or a five pointed, the know, pentagon, like a, five, like a five point star, like just a like a like a classic, like a, like a char, like a star. Right. And I drew the star, and the guy's looking at me, blah, and she's looking at me, and I'm I draw like five or six stars, and she's like, no, no, no. And then she takes the piece of paper and she draws a star on it, which admittedly is charming. It's charming. It's more charming than my stars. And it's not one of those nautical stars that everybody was getting for a while. Nope. It's just a star that she drew. It's just, just a star zip, that she zip, drew. Zip, zip, zip. Boy, one, I would want a straight two, edge three, for four, that, buddy. Five. I want a straight edge, a compass, nope. and a protractor. Well, because she... you got to give it to Gollum. I mean, how do you know how that's going to go when you give it to that guy? Her star was super charming. It okay. was not... It was like... It was lopsided. It looked like a star that she drew in exactly one it's second. It's making me so uncomfortable. By way of trying to tell me that I was drawing the star that she wanted wrong. Okay. And I was like, all right, that's all super right, cute. Star. She, she said, all right, I want that on the back of my neck. Oh, my God. And I said, stop this. You just loaded a gun. Madness? You loaded a gun for that lady. What is this madness? And she was like, hush, shush. And so she sits down in the chair, and the guy takes the star that she drew. The, the tattoo the the tattoo the tattooier he puts on his uh, his like elbow length kid leather leather gloves <laughs> <laughs> and he, he lowers this one monocle down and then <laughs> takes a swig from a jug <laughs> yeah he turns up the nitrous oxide in his mix a little bit <laughs> and, and all of a sudden and oh and she gets it done in red ink like the like like the the thing she drew all of a sudden she has this charming little like like naif uh it's because she's star. made of magic john she's made of magic she's, she's made of, oh and she has oh so she has red hair right and she has she's wearing it in a pixie bob cut so it's mm. not like put it on the back of my neck where no one's gonna see it it's right. like I'm a fucking manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Before that was even a thing. Mm -hmm. And now I have a now I have a homemade uh, star on the back of my neck. And I'm never going to refer to it again or even think about it Jesus again. Jesus Christ. It's on the back of my neck. I don't have to look at it. She makes and, it look so easy. And she fucking skips out into traffic. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this isn't how it should have been done. You're supposed this to be full of regrets. This should have taken you Aren't months. Aren't you regretful? Yeah, where's your regards? And she's like, da 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 da. And then you know, half an hour later, she's like, I hate you. You're my worst enemy. I never want to talk to you again. And I'm like, fuck, come on. Huh. Ah. Uh. So I mean, it, so it happens sometimes. It works sometimes. But yeah. the other day, I saw I saw some a young person, and their entire thigh was a three-masted sailing ship on the high seas, mm. like breaking, cresting over the waves with the, you know, with like a whaler on the bow with a, you know. And I'm just like, what is that? Like, why don't, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. But I, but but I can't get a poster or a shirt. I cannot imagine its significance to you, uh, like personally or professionally. Mm. But also, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the target market for it. No. Fortunately, it was, this this sailing ship was not on someone that I was like. So, tell me about your tattoos. Mm. It was just somebody like mosey and by. Describe your like, ah. clipper ship. <laughs> tell me, Ooh, was, uh, that, was that your father's clipper ship? Those are some tall, tall masts. <laughs> did you? Uh, is that what you where you made your bones? That's a very detailed rigging. Were you ever a whaler? <laughs> did you whale? <laughs> Is that where I know you from? Well, it's kind of a long story. Did we whale? Did we whale? Point? Hmm. Anything new on the uh, house front? 
Uh, Housefront, they are, they are a terrible band. Nothing new. No, well, so... You're feeling so ang- did- Last time we were talking, you were feeling anxious because you're on the horns of a dilemma about what to do with the whole housing situation. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, and what I've been doing is I've been driving down to the neighborhood and driving around. Whenever I get free time, whenever I'm on the highway, I'm like, I wonder how long it would take to get from here to this neighborhood. And I just redirect and drive down to this neighborhood. And then once I'm down there, I'm just driving around. And so I've stopped a couple of people... I've rolled up on him and I've said, Hey, how's it going? And they go, hello. And I say, I'm new to this area. I'm not a cat burglar. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look in the back. I'm not going to ask any information of you that will direct me specifically to your home. I'm just trying to get a general layout of the area. And normally in a suburban context, Someone, someone like me who's friendly and flirty and doesn't have a homemade red star on the back of his neck. Uh, I can I can convince somebody. I can engage someone pretty quickly in a way that makes them feel like, well, sure, I'll sit and I'll shoot the shit with you for 15 minutes. And so I've learned some things about the neighborhood. Um, even in this neighborhood, which is really pretty sheltered, one guy said, well, I wouldn't look for any place up there between first and fourth. I was like, why not? It's like one of the nicer neighborhoods I've ever been in. He's like, well, there have been a lot of mailbox thefts up there. Oh, boy. I'm like, wow, there's a bad side of the tracks out here on the good side of the tracks? You guys even still have a bad side of the tracks? They're stealing the whole mailbox? No, just... Oh, they're going through picking through getting packages. It's a next door type situation. Yeah, according to this old man. Oh, oh, and somebody mentioned next door. So I bet that's what it came from. I bet that's what it came from. Somebody on next door mm-hmm. was like, they're stealing my mail. Mm, next door. Uh, so next door is really quite a journey. Somebody, some, one of the people I stopped and talked to said, Oh, you should join next door. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. You can find out when there's a black. I don't, I don't know if I want to join next door. You I've heard bad things. Next door. <laughs> heard bad things. It'll definitely give you a feel for the neighborhood for a certain aspect of the neighborhood. Yeah. The people that are on the internet that have a lot, that too much time on their hands. Oh, brother. Too much time on my hands. There's a lot going on. I've watched our next door enough that I can now like suss out the different personalities. I have a couple favorites that I like to follow. They're very concerned about a lot of things. If I went on to the next door in my neighborhood, would I be able to hear, would people be talking about the mad bomber? Don't think I haven't thought about it. I, I've, I've, I've searched for myself on next door, see if I show up. Who's that guy? Who's that? Oh, really? Who's that homeless guy with the little girl? Oh, really? No, I haven't seen it. But no, no, I mean, next door is kind of famous for this. It's, it's, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on another show, but the, um, the feeling on, on the next door that, that I'm on, which is my neighborhood and the surrounding neighborhoods, is a lot of mm, xenophobia is a little strong. But there's a, definitely a lot of suspicion of otherness and like mm-hmm. what does and doesn't belong here and what doesn't add up and whether that person really works for PG&E, even though they're in a PG&E truck with a PG&E oh, badge. I called some... PG&E. They said no one was supposed to be in the area. Oh, there's paranoia. There is, but it, it really manifests as uh, there's like these little tendrils of change, even if that's like a Latin American person walking around. <laughs> but uh-huh, uh-huh. If you don't look like you belong here... Uh, yeah, they'll they'll definitely talk about it. One time, uh, some guys, uh, a woman over by West Portal called the cops on some kids in hoodies. 
Oh yeah, were, hoodies. The hoodies, because they were. The, it turns out they were taking pictures of the eclipse, but they thought it was real suspicious. The kids were out after dark taking photos. Right. So that's the kind right. of thing you get. And somebody has to explain. Somebody has to explain. Like, no, no, that's just a road closure. It's not an, you know, Ocean's Eleven style heist to try and <laughs> try and get to your Krugerrands and bearer bonds. Well, kids taking pictures. I want at the night. negotiable bonds that are in your vault. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> we watched we watched Die Hard the other night. Uh, it's a, the best Christmas movie. It's the best Christmas movie and a great movie. She was not as into it as I hoped, but she was glad that Snape was in it. That movie has aged, aside from some silly costumes and stuff, that movie is still really fucking good. I, despite what my kid says, I think Die Hard is still a very good movie. It's amazing the movies that age well. It surprises a person. Yeah. There's some stuff, I mean, there obviously there's stuff from the 80s and 90s. It's just like, oh, my God, a lot of it has not aged well. Well, you know, I have a movie podcast, which I, which you have I never would have You have a movie podcast. And so I'm watching movies all the time, which I never would have done. And some of them are still completely great, valid, awesome movies. I bet the and 70s so, movies are better than the 90s movies. I mean, accepting a private, like you get a private Ryan. That was your first one, right? Was that the first one you did? Was private Same Ryan? private Ryan. But I mean, like you take something like a Big Red One or a Navarone or like any of those, like those uh, post Dirty Dozen movies. Like some mm-hmm. of those hold up pretty well, right? Well, they do, but it's a it's a question of like it's a question of tone. I think later later on, uh, post Private Ryan, everything's trying to be really really gritty. Lots of like blah, yeah. Um, there's there's quite a bit of killing in war movies throughout time but a lot of it there was a long long period there where it was like bang ow and then he falls off the back of a building and you never see him land type of type of dead people but but uh the emotional consequences i mean there are movies from the 50s that are deal with gender politics and masculinity and all mm-hmm. the things that you think didn't exist then yeah. deal with them better than movies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, it's a, uh, it's, that's been a real eye opener for me that movies, uh, that there have been good movies for a long time and also bad movies for a long time. I feel the same way about architecture where there's a, there was a style, particularly in the eighties of architecture, a kind of lump and proletariat style of architecture that you'd see a lot in strip malls and restaurants and stuff. You think about the awnings, you think about the solaria, all these different things that at the time felt very, very modern. There's, there's, there are a few decades that bear, how can I put this? The eighties tried to do something that seemed very modern and enduring that was not particularly modern and very not enduring in a way that even stuff from the seventies holds up better. I mean, setting aside the brutalism, which I'm not a fan of, but, but you know what I mean? It's, it is really weird how stuff that there was stuff that felt really modern, felt very current for about two years, 1984 to 1986, that instantly felt very, very old and dirty. And I think the same is true. I think the same is true for movies, the eighties movies. I think part of it's the cocaine. There was so much cocaine. And I think that really left a mark on a lot of the movies, but they are, they are coarse. Uh, well, they're certainly what we would today call politically incorrect, which I think doesn't even get at how offensive movies I loved in high school are. Like, really, really quite terrible movies with terrible people doing terrible things. But there's just all kinds of there's all kinds of ways in which you watch and you go, like, I, I can't believe we liked this that much at the time. Yeah, although Phoebe Cates still makes anything good. That's true. She's in Gremlins. Yeah. She's uh, you got uh, you got the oh, she's in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
Yeah, she was. Phoebe Case. Now she was married. She's married to uh, Kevin Klein. Yes, she is. That's nice. I, I like yeah. that. I like that. <clears throat> he uh, he is he's aged quite uh, quite dramatically in recent years. She has not. It's always right? amazing. It's Good always amazing her. to see. Yeah, if you look at a picture of them recently. Uh, she does not look like she's aged very much, and he looks like he's aged a lot. Although I think he looks a lot older. great. He was in he's that Shakespeare movie. He's on Bob's Burgers. He's doing God's work. Okay. If you right. want, your show is called Friendly Fire over on the Max Fun uh, Podcast Network. If you uh, were going to pick an episode, a first episode on the off chance somebody hadn't heard it yet, what's a good episode that you think people should start with? Oh, you know, it's gotten uh, the, the the show like all podcasts. I think hit its hit hit its stride a little bit in, uh, along the way. I yeah. think um, you got to figure out what it is. Yeah, the only I way to figure like out what it is is to do it. If you if you if you listen to Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was a that was a good one. That the Civil uh, War, good, yeah, the Civil War movie with Denzel Washington. Denzel I think Washington. If you, mm-hmm. if you started with Glory, you would understand what we were doing. I think pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we we watched both Red Dawn movies, the original and the the latter, <clears throat> and I think this th- those are a study in contrasts. Okay. You know, apocalypse one of the now. things about my oh, did apocalypse uh, now. Look at that. We just did that. Yeah. Oof. Oh, one a of, dirty what, dozen. Look at these. These are good. Well, so Dirty Dozen is a good place to start too, because that's a heck of a movie. It's got uh, you got Telly Savalas, you got Trini you Lopez. You do. You got Trini. You got Jim Lopez Brown. You got Donald it's Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and also Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Telly Savalas is good in that. He's kind of the bad guy. Oh, sorry, spoiler. Oh, he is the bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad. He's a bad, bad guy. He's bad seed. Well, and I love, I love the desperation how it starts out, where it's just like you know, you guys, you're all pretty bad apples. <laughs> you got you get, nothing to lose. You're here. probably gonna die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and who is it? It's uh, it's what's his name? Lee Marvin. Uh, the great Lee Marvin. Oh, the great Lee Marvin. And this is the great. This is the Lee Marvin role. Well, I don't. I don't. And I don't want to give away the podcast. You. You. Go. You go listen, to it. listen to it. He's great in everything. He's great in the president's. He's in the president's. No, that's no. I'm. I'm thinking of the other guy. Who's the other guy? Who's the president's analyst? Oh, that's the other guy. President <laughs> analyst. God damn it! <laughs> I just conflated two '60s actors. <laughs> James Coburn. I was messing James up. Coburn, a completely different. I conflated him. Yeah, well, they're very similar. Yeah. Yes, they 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 uh, they do a similar thing. But you'll notice um, one of them wears his hat at a much jauntier angle than the other. In fact, a jauntier angle than anyone else. Hmm. And you and you uh, won't reveal which one it is until you go nope. listen to the Friendly Fire podcast, maximumfun.org <laughs> slash right. shows slash Friendly Dash Fire. You can Google it on the Google. <laughs> that, it entirely. Mm. One of the things about architecture that I have noticed, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've if I've gotten into this about or about this house search, but it has become architecture based. Oh, interesting. I was never a fan of mid-century modern. I grew up in a I grew up in a suburb that was mid-century, and uh, when I was a kid in in Alaska, there was no. There was no architecture. Let's just be honest. But uh, in in Seattle, in the north end of Seattle, when I was a little kid, we lived in a neighborhood that was my elementary school was right next to a neighborhood called Innis Arden, which was a completely planned neighborhood built in the early 50s. But it was the nice version of it. Right. Like big, beautiful, uh, mid-century modern style homes with with sliding glass doors and big windows and view out over the water. And I, and so I just thought of that stuff as those are just the houses that my friends lived in. And what, what I imagined was great 
architecture was like Victorian houses. I always loved a big old house. And yeah, I, I think got, you're attracted to the thing that you don't already have. Right. <clears throat> it's kind of a this and, is water situation. And, you know, you and I, we were kids in the 70s. By that point, mid-century modern houses were 20, 25 years old. Um, I, I came up at a time when years old. more what we came to call modern designs were more appealing, what they call contemporary houses. Yeah. Contemporary houses. Bigger, bigger open plan. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, big windows. Open plan, big windows, big open kitchens. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and they weren't designed around having a bunch of shelves full of antique tchotchkes. They had, they had a style. There was, there was furniture style that went with it. It was, you were meant to be stylish in those houses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've never been into it, never cared about it. When mid-century modern became fashionable in recent years, I've just been, yeah, who yeah. cares? You know, that's Leave just it. hipsters. People that were, people that were that, that really liked the movie Swingers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they think the vinyl sounds better. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, but then <clears throat> I've been driving around this neighborhood. And this neighborhood is very similar to Innisarden, except here's one of the key differences, and this is very Northwest. They didn't chop down the big trees. Now, it's in, in, in a sardin, they chopped down all the big trees. So everybody's got a beautiful view. In uh, this neighborhood to the south of the city, it's similar, like kind of mid-century planned neighborhood, but they left the big trees. So you've got these houses that have these sliding glass doors, but then you walk out and you're kind of in, in the forest. Hmm. And all of, a, all of a sudden, I'm Mr. Mid-Century Modern Curious. Oh. Interesting. I'm I'm MM curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm wandering around and I'm like, because a lot of those houses, when you look at them from the street, they don't look like anything. They just look like nothing. Mm-hmm. But then you go around the backyard and, oh, they got these big, beautiful windows and these big open living rooms. And so, so, I, so something's got in me. Hmm. Something's got in me and I'm, and, and I don't know what, I don't know how to explain it. I went on Amazon and I got a mid-century modern coffee table book. A coffee table book about mid-century modern design. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got a friend, I've got a friend who uh, is an upholsterer. Mm. Um, he, um, his name is Bill Herzog and he is the bass player of Earth mm-hmm. and also the bass player of um, Citizens Utilities. And he upholsters. And- and he's also a mid-century modern upholsterer. His company is called H.M. Duke. Hmm. And he does mid-century modern stuff, furniture. And I went up to his place the other day, and I was like, what's his deal with all this? You didn't hate it. Well, it's it, you You and I know it both. It's those wood chairs with the strappy yeah. straps. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but, I was, but suddenly I was seeing it with new eyes. Hmm. I was like, is this stuff good? Is this comfortable? Is this like... I just think of this as, as this is just shitty thrift store furniture. And he's like, not anymore, my friend. Hmm. It's very Instagrammable. So, yeah. You know. It's very Pinteresty. Very Pinteresty. Yes, yes. I yes. don't want anything to do with Pinterest. If I no. saw Pinterest across the street in a car crash, I wouldn't go over and offer help. Yeah, you wouldn't piss on it if it was on fire. That's how I feel. About That's Pinterest. the thing. That's the thing is that a lot of this stuff, it looks like it's made to be like, like a lot of the food that the millennium's like. And I think it's mainly uh, it's made, made to be photographed. Oh, yeah. A chair yeah, that's yeah. made to be photographed. But. What's he say? What's the upholsterer say? What's his advice? Oh, well, he's into it. 
and uh, and I'm and I, I, this is something that you know you think you're going to get to be my age and you're not malleable anymore. You're just stuck in your ways. I've been waiting for it. When do I get stuck in my ways? Yeah. But all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to live in a mid-century modern environment where I have zero tchotchkes. And what was, I have what was all Bob's this... house like? Bob, how would you describe Bob's house? Bob. Bob, Wood? who lived in a wood, uh, lived in a bookcase. Was, a, was that Bob with the NPR mom lived in a bookcase? Yeah. So Bob's house was what we would probably, I think, in in um, in Anchorage parlance, would have called expensive late seventies treehouse. Ooh. Okay. Where like, it was, everything's wood to a fault. Everything's wood. It's vaulted ceilings, but but with big heavy beams. And there are rooms like if you, when you're in the living room and you're looking up at the vaulted ceiling, then you see like, oh shit, there's like a window up there, and there's somebody looking down at you from some treehouse room way like up high. Hole. And there were trees all around it. It was built on the side of a hill. God, that sounds nice. My friend Karen Corn, they lived in a house where. In order to get to her room, you had to climb a rope. Whoa. And they were, you know, these were all like rich people, but Anchorage rich where they, it was, it was actually a treehouse. You could be up in her room and you could, she could throw her dirty clothes down and it would, they would just fall forever. They would fall down all the way to the laundry room in the basement. Cause that's it was, a beautiful image. It was incredible. It was mm. built around, it was built around a cyclotron or something, except it was made out of, it was made out of birch. Mm. It's almost like living in a guitar. It was sort of like living in a guitar, and I'm living and now. I so I feel like, oh, geez, what was I thinking? I live in a 1912 farmhouse, yeah, and now I just feel really. I I almost feel like it's 1952 again, and I feel out of date, and I need to get I need to get hip with the times. You're not setting your ways. We've stipulated. You keep yeah. thinking you're going to be setting your ways, but you're not. You're not crispy. You're not crunchy. You're no, not creased. No, no. I'm looking around and I'm like, is that bookcase going to come with me into my future life? No, you're, I don't think lousy, so. You're lousy, lousy with fecundity. You're ready to go in any direction. And, and, and frankly, you know, these encyclopedias here from 1968, they can go into the new house because they would have been new then. Oh, see, that's good. It'd be uh, in, uh, in period. There, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. My, my, my folks bought a set of encyclopedias for me when I was born. They were like, that's pretty ambitious. Well, because they, a set of encyclopedias was expensive. Sure. A big investment. And they said, this will be his encyclopedias that follow him through life. Hmm. And until 2004, uh, they were. A lot of this stuff stayed the same. Every year you get an update. You get a, uh, what's it called? But you get it like you get, oh, the year 1972. Here's updates. Yeah. You know, trouble with Spiro Agnew. You know, like you get the updates on the little changes that it made. But the maps mostly stayed the same. Well, if you if you look up Tuvan throat singing, mm-hmm. like our knowledge of it hasn't changed that much from 1968 to the present. Mm-hmm. Not enough that you couldn't like do a little bit of follow up research. If you if you look up like how did the dinosaurs die, I I, I think that story has changed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how much should you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Right. But a lot of the stuff. Is there another like, way to service your T zone? <laughs> <laughs> 